in my preparation, I never, I always say this, I never, it's my, my problem is never that I don't have anything enough to say. It's mm. always I have too much to say. Yeah. So part of my preparation is trying to figure out what does God want me to say. Hey guys, this is Mike Neglia, and you're listening to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 106. And this is an episode that was recorded in New York City in the summer of 2019 uh, between myself and Pastor Rob Silvato. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about what we talk about in just a second. But first, I want to say that just a few days ago, on the 9th of May, we had our first ever Expositors Collective webinar. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you to all of you who came and joined in and contributed your voices. And uh, also were able to listen to Brian Broderson and David Guzik speak about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that we need, and we need it now more than ever. And so the audio from that is gonna be, you know, cleaned up and released in the next few episodes, okay? So thanks for those of you that came, and the rest of you, you can look forward to listening into the audio in the next couple of weeks, okay? So Rob Silvato and I had a good conversation and it really just, you know, spanned a lot of things. Um, mostly, we spoke about the, the fact that in any given sermon, you're never gonna be able to say everything that you know about a certain topic or everything that you learned or everything that you want to say. There always is going to be a need to be selective in what we communicate on any given message. And so in this conversation, we kind of learn along with Rob as he takes us on a journey from his early days to uh, finding his current voice. Um, Rob leads uh, Calvary Vista in Southern California. He's got a podcast of his own. We'll put the link in the show notes. And I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed being in the room when it was happening. All right, God bless you, and I will see you at the end. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. Uh, across from me is Pastor Rob Salvato. How are you? Good, Mike. It's great to be here. Yeah, where's here? We are actually in New York City. Yeah. New York, a New nice York. cloudy day right now. The city's so nice, they had to name it twice. <laughs> um, yeah, we're wrapping up a couple day kind of a pastor's prayer conversation, fellowship retreats. Yeah, it's been awesome just getting together with a great group of guys and just talking ministry and life and it's been really good. Yeah, and I've taken a chance to, to grab a few people and say, Let's do a podcast. <laughs> and so, Rob, I've grabbed you. Let's let's do a podcast. Great. I'm happy to be here and just really, really excited about what you guys are doing with Expositors Collective and having a chance to be a part of that in San Diego. Last week, it was absolutely incredible, far exceeded my expectations. Oh, I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well, too. Um, yeah, so think, what was it like? Well, I guess, what were your expectations? Well, you know, I didn't know exactly what it was, the, the, the format, sure. what it was like exactly. So I was expecting, I think, a little bit more teaching, um, but I loved all the interaction. I loved the groups. I loved um, 
what you and Clay did, which I had heard you and Char do that as right. well. And um, it was it was just really great. I loved getting together with these students and, and seeing them get this assignment and go home and, and then come back and, and really, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It was cool. What, what kind of people were in your group? So I had um, yeah, well, a wide range. Really? I mean, I had a, uh, one guy was um, actually an assistant pastor mm-hmm. at his church who had done some teaching, which I told everybody in my group, um, this guy's been doing it a long time because he was, it was good. Um, I had another guy in our group who was actually our young adults pastor. And, okay. And then I had um, several students from uh, Calvary Chapel Bible College that were young who had never done this before. Yeah. Another guy that was from um, up in, I want to say Bakersfield, I think, and uh, had never taught or had taught only children's ministry. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And, but great hearts. And I mean, I came away with just, I was really blessed and encouraged at the, the hearts and what these people, especially the young ones, were pulling from the scriptures. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, hopefully they're all better for it. Um, so you mentioned that there was some in your group who had never taught before. Yes. And so their first, I guess, teaching was in front of you at this workshop. Um, what about you, Rob? What was your first time teaching? So my very first Bible study, okay. not a sermon, but happened when I was 19 years old. Yeah. And it was after um, a call to ministry that was kind of a radical calling. And um, about two weeks later, Brian Broderson, who was the junior high pastor at Calvary Costa Mesa at the time, he knew me and he just walked up and he said, um, hey, Rob, um, how'd you like to teach this Bible study for me at University High School? in Irvine. And I said, I've never taught a Bible study before. I don't know how to do that. And he said, ah, God will show you. And so I did, I went and, uh, really? Yeah. (laughs) And I basically just shared my devotions with these kids and the Lord blessed it. And, um, it was, uh, you know, it was good. It ended up another school contacted me and that kind of began my teaching in a formal type of setting. And then I started doing some stuff with Calvary Costa Mesa and their high school group. Actually, okay. Richard Semino gave me my first chance to do like a formal Bible study at church. Mm-hmm. I taught for him when he was on a missions trip. But my very first adult sermon was uh, when I was on staff as a youth pastor at Calvary Vista um, with Brian and he was on a missions trip and it was back in our old church and I do not remember what I taught really Um, I remember getting good feedback and I remember being absolutely terrified but that was over 30 years ago okay okay Okay. do do you remember what you taught um, at 19 at the university high school no really okay but it was, you said, I like that phrase, you were sharing your devotions. Um, what does that mean? Well, so for me, my time, personal time in the Lord, yeah. you know, with the Lord in the morning, that's what I call my devotions. And um, I think back then I had just started and my devo- devotions have changed dramatically over the years. But I used to, I started after the Lord called, I got this calling to go into ministry. I started reading my Bible and then reading um, the Matthew Henry commentary in cohesion Uh or coinciding. So I'd read a passage, I'd read Matthew Henry and I had to write it down 
you know, what the Lord was speaking to me about in my little journal. And um, so I think I was sharing something mm-hmm. from that. And to be honest with you, Mike, I've really tried to forget a lot of my oh, oh. <laughs> first <laughs> sermons um, because it's evolved over 30 years a lot. Sure. In the way that I, you know, approach that. And I remember when I went to Oregon and first started, I did a church plant in Oregon. And I used to, I, I looked at some of the notes from that years later mm-hmm. and I felt like, how did the people digest this? Mm. Cause I felt like I was trying to every Sunday, give them Thanksgiving, you know, <laughs> where it was just like an overabundance of information. Oh, I thought you meant like, <laughs> no, no, no. Like gratitude was you your had, big you focus. You overstuff yeah, yourself that's right, that's right. Thanksgiving. Yes. I, I was, you know, so Teaching's a process and it's a learning process and I'm still learning and growing. And, you know, even at the expositors, I, I was taking notes mm. and listening to, you know, guys like Gusick and some of the other guys that were sharing and, and, uh, just, um, you know, I'm just, I'm a sponge. Yeah. I'm just always trying to learn and grow and, and kind of find out, you know, what my style is and voices. And I think I'm kind of there now, but. That's, that's, yeah. Well, I think, I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm sure it was John Wesley. He said that every seven years he took all of his sermon notes and he burned them. Really? Yeah. Because he didn't want to be like, he feels that he would grow in yeah. every kind of seven year cycle. And he also didn't want to be dependent on, right. on the old, the old stuff. Yeah. Um, so how, how have you grown since then? Or, or maybe even to ask a more pointed question, like what kind of things did you take notes on um, when Guzik was giving his, um, his talk at the expositors, right? What, what did he say that you were like, Oh, I, I should start doing that or I should go deeper into that. Yeah. Boy, Mike, you're, that's a, that's a specific <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah. Calling me to remember. Um, I might be able to pull that up here. Well, well, you're saying that though. One of the things that I would comment to, to the Wesley thing that yeah. I, I think is, um, interesting because people have asked me that, do you, do I use some of my old notes. And, um, and I view it like this because I don't ever use, I don't ever like take my notes from a, a sermon, um, that I did say five years ago at church. And now I'm going to teach that book again. And I'm going to just pull out that I don't do that, but I will do this in the sense that a, I think of it like a, a guy building homes, say he builds track homes. So he has a blueprint. Yeah. And maybe he did a track home in this neighborhood and then he's going to do one in this neighborhood. He'll take those same blueprints that he's had an architect put together and, you know, that type of thing for the structure of the building. So I will use some of that same information that you've studied about the book and about the the who, the mm-hmm. what, the when, all that structure. I'll look back at that. Um, but it's the details of the message that become new for me. So I might look at old notes to, to get, you know, some of the, those type of, some of the historical points, and then I'll look into more of that, but it's, it's becoming then more the, the details, you know, of it. And, um, you know what? Off the top of my head right now, I can't remember exactly what it was. That hey, that's okay. It's it was a, a little early, Mike. It was a very... I, I haven't had coffee. Have you had coffee yet? I, I had tea. I oh, had to do that or else okay. I'd be really bad. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Well, okay. Now, now, with me, with my old stuff, I would be kind of the opposite where I come to a passage and I, you know, work it out, figure it out. This is the passage, the main point, yeah. that structure. And, and then I'll think... 
you know, I've certainly taught about redemption before. Right. And or I've certainly taught about, um, you know, whatever the, the specific the themes that are in there. And so I'll go on my laptop and I'll go command spacebar, which is the search. Yeah. And then I just type in like redemption or guilt or yeah. hope. And um, and then it just searches my old notes, my old sermons. Uh, okay. And so I'll find little segments that I've written about redemption over the years and a lot of times what it is, is I just find a really good quote yeah. that I used, you know, nine years ago that I have totally forgotten about. So right. then it's like, oh, that's a good quote. Yeah. And that'll work in this one as well. Yeah. Um, so I think it's possible to yeah, reuse things. Oh, yeah. Even, totally. even if they're more than seven years old. Yeah. But I think there's an acknowledgement that hopefully we're growing as uh, individual Bible students and Jesus followers that we're different than, than previously. Yeah, for sure. We need to do that. And that's that. And I agree. I mean, I do that. I do a similar type of thing, you know, as you were just describing. And, and I think that those are the kind of things that you, you know, can pull, but you don't, I don't think you ever want to just take a, like a canned thing. Yeah. Now I do have certain messages that when I go guest speak somewhere mm. that I feel like God has put certain things on my, I, my heart. Yeah that kind of a resonate with, you know, who I am and certain themes. And, and so I'll be praying through like, you know, Lord, do you want me to do this one or this one? Um, because a lot of times, you know, in the midst of everything that I'm doing, um, it's hard to put together, you know, a, a brand new, fresh yeah. thing for a guest. And you feel like, okay, God's giving, that's what I feel like is God's given me. I know God wants me to do these five messages somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think I, I probably have some, some themes and some messages yeah. that I think are, you know, God's using me to deliver this message right. um, in different contexts. Yeah. So, and that changes over time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's kind of seasonal emphasis. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I ended up being a guest speaker, you know, at least once, you know, uh, fairly regularly as a, as an overseas Christian worker, right. um, I come back to the U S it used to be at once a year. Now it's every couple of months it, it feels, but that's, that's just different. But, but yeah, when I come back, there's kind of a circuit of churches that I would go visit right. and speak at. And, you know, that's the same message. Yeah. And you need to come speak at Vista one of these days when you're here too. I have. I, um, I spoke at the youth group. You did a youth thing. I, at, at, yeah. at Romans 1, chapter 1 to 6, at Romans 1, 16 at the youth group about nine years ago. <laughs> That's amazing that you remember that. Yeah, but yet, but yet I'll forget the combination to, <laughs> there's so many things that I forget. I get lost all the time, but I can remember like messages and it's weird. Do you get, do you get asked to speak at churches in Ireland that are outside of our tribe? Um, not, not so much. Okay. Um, like amongst the Calvary Ireland network. Um, yeah. Um, but I think what, one of my greatest privileges was the local Anglican parish. Yeah. Um, there's actually two Anglican parishes. One is very liberal and one's conservative. Okay. And the conservative one, they asked me to come and do like a like a, a one day training event for all of their volunteers and lay workers on how to study the Bible for themselves. Right. And a little bit on how to like lead an interactive Bible study. Gotcha. And that was a real a real honor to, right. to be in this like historic church and there's these people and they want to communicate God's worth faithfully and they, you know, let's get Mike and he can help us do that. So cool. That was awesome. a real privilege. Hey, anyway, enough about me. Yes. So you, um, so you've, you've hopefully grown loads in the past, in the past 30 years. Um, what, 
What would you say to your younger self? Less is more. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> well, like I Tell said, me more. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I said, that. like I said before, I had a tendency yeah. to want to stuff everything that I felt like God was teaching me as I was studying, you know, into a message. And I think the messages back then were more um, focused on several good ideas mm -hmm. and not more of a running theme yeah. going through a passage. And like I said, as I look back, you know, at those, and I wish I would have listened to myself earlier, which I didn't do. Okay. I wish I would have, um, was it possible? Yeah. We had cassette tapes. Okay. Back. Okay. <laughs> Go on, it wasn't that I'm long. Ago. <laughs> but yeah, I could have listened to the cassette tape in the car and, and, uh, and I think I would have realized like, okay, you know, that was, that was okay, but it was just way too much. And so I've learned now that less is more having a consistent theme, you know, is better. Um, that not everything I'm studying is for this message. Yeah. That a lot of times it's for, okay, I'm going to put that away. Um, that's a good point, but it doesn't really fit yeah. into what yeah. I feel like God's wanting me to say here. Whereas before, I mean, you're learning, you mm -hmm. know, and you're wanting, and I just, God bless those people at that church in Oregon because they were just faithful. Um, but I definitely, and I had only done youth ministry to only taught in youth okay. before. And so now you're teaching adults and you, 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 you're excited. You want it to be, you know, just deeper and, you know, that type of thing. And so I was going into it, but I was there four years and I, I don't think I really got the less is more concept until probably toward the end. And, okay. Um, okay. So that, that, and then also just, um, you know, in my preparation, I never, I always say this, I never, it's my, my problem is never that I don't have anything enough to say. It's mm. always, I have too much to say. So yeah. part of my preparation is trying to figure out what does God want me to say? You know, what is he really impressing upon my heart? And so a lot of my preparation involves, you know, taking a lot and then whittling it down, Yeah. you know, and I have, I use a, what I would call a detailed outline. It's not a word for word manuscript at all. It's not um, a bullet point. It's somewhere in between yeah, that. I've seen it. Okay. You have. Yeah. Um, I recently taught uh, one Thessalonians or first Thessalonians and uh, on your website, you had some teachings uh -huh. and then you also had the notes. Yes. And they are full of colors. Yes. It's like the, the coat that, that Joseph's father <laughs> gave him. That's it's all these colors. And I, I wanted to ask you about that. About that. Okay. What's up with that? So here's the deal. So Good content. In, yes. In college, I uh, did a speech class. Did you? I was in college. And my teacher taught us this technique of you look down and you gather your thoughts and you look up and you project. Well, she taught us this color system. So if you look at my notes, almost on every page, there's three colors, yeah. three blocks. And those are all my main points. So somehow I've trained my mind when I'm talking that I'm going subconsciously that when I look down next, I know that I'm looking for yellow mm. and, and I'm able to zero in. And everything that's kind of underneath that color is what I would call like a sub point, you know, and most of that I don't have to look at. I don't, you know, I don't have to, to read per se. Um, 
because I get the main point and I have it yeah. and I look up. So subconsciously I look down the next time I know I'm looking for blue, you yeah. know, the highlight of blue. So the colors don't mean anything. No. Okay. Wrong. Because it's... I have tried to decode it <laughs> and say, why is the, okay, what, the blue? It must mean like cleansing or, but it doesn't have anything. Yeah. I'm not that deep, Mike. Okay. 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 No, and it has purely to do with just zeroing in. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll definitely have a link in the show notes to that and you know, okay. people can, can go into the swipe right on the app and then Click to the show notes and there'll be a link to this. So yeah. you could see this visually right now for the listener. And it's really interesting because um, our missions pastor, who I think you might know, Rob Nash, this is years oh, yeah. ago, like 20 years ago. He was the one who suggested that I do that. That, that yeah. he said, hey, would you mind, you know, what, what do you think about putting your notes up? And I, and I just thought like, why? Who mm. would be interested? I would. Yeah. I have got... I have received emails from pastors literally all over the world and guys who are not even Calvary Chapel guys mm -hmm. who found me on Precept Austin because somehow that guy, who I don't even know who he is, started downloading my notes from our website and putting them on that site. Oh, really? Yeah. And, um, and I have guys that will email me. Thank you so much for your sermon notes. And it's funny though. You're the first one that's ever asked me about the color. Oh, thing. really? Yeah. But it's, it's, um, I encourage guys to do that because, in fact, it was one of the things that I showed the, the group that I was working with because some of them were like just on, you know, they're like looking at their right. thing in the yeah. whole time. And I and I said, let me see your notes. And I looked at them and it was, you know, more of a paragraph or it was more of a manuscript. And I just said, you know, try to learn this technique because people you know, they want you to engage with them. Mm -hmm. You know, they Absolutely. want to see that eye contact. They want you to be able to share. And I know there's some guys that, I mean, they'll just almost kind of read and glance up every now and then. Yeah. And they're great Bible teachers. I'm not discounting that, but I personally kind of feed off the audience. And so I want to be as engaging as I possibly can, you know, with them. And so I came, you know, I, I took that technique that I learned in college. Yeah. To do that. Well, that's, that's great. Um, would you advise young or new preachers to take a speech class? I think it would be really good. Yeah. And they can do that at a JC. Okay. And, um, the one that I took was impromptu speech class. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I learned a lot from that. I think it really, really helped me. And what's really cool about it is you can, in your speech class, use it as opportunity to share the gospel because you can do some speeches that right. revolve around, you know, that. Right. And, right. Um, and it was cool. And, and I did that. It was back at Orange Coast College back in 1983. Wow. And, um, Wow. wow. <laughs> but I had I was students. Just born. Yeah, I had students in, in the class that afterwards would come up and want to talk to me about what I had shared because it touched them. Yeah, okay. You know? So so you don't think speech class is like worldly philosophy no. and you should have nothing to do with the, the pure, simple gospel? No, not okay. at all. Okay. Preaching is a craft <coughs> and you have to develop it. And I think you can develop it listening to. Other preachers, you can develop it listening to TED Talks, you, mm. can, you know, listen, listen, you know, listening to a lot of different things and just learning your style. And I think for me, you know, I came to a place I 
I've tried to be a bunch of different people, mm. you know, and I think I finally have come to a place where I'm, you know, after probably the last 15 years, I'm Rob Salvato. And, finally. And, yeah. And um, my style is more of a conversational style of preaching. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm not going to rant and rave or, you know, that type of thing. Nothing wrong with that, but that's just not me. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Oh, that's, that's great. Well, you talked a couple, you know, in San Diego, which will be this the previous podcast that we released. We'll stagger these. Um, you talked about how your sermon preparation process, I liked how you said it was like a, like a tea bag. Yes. Um, what does that mean? It's a great question. Um, so I, one of the things I mentioned in that, in that um, talk that I gave was I really encourage people that are learning to teach to start early. Right. And what I meant by that was early in the week um, or if they, you know, even if they have a chance, like somebody says to them, hey, I want you to do the group, you know, a month from now, start then. Hmm. Um, hmm. You know, you're going to get that. Don't wait till the Friday before. And I used to do that. You know, I would pack my week with all this different stuff and I would leave my preparation to the end. And what the problem was, is I felt like I was never quite done. That was one problem. And the other problem was, is I felt like, um, the, the word that I was going to share had never, it hadn't really got into me yet and it hadn't become a part of me. It was more just information in, in my mind and not really something that had become a part of my heart. Okay. So for me, I wanted to soak in the text by beginning as early as Sunday afternoon after I've done, you know, come home, have lunch, watch a little bit of golf on TV, yeah. just unwind. And then I will spend that time, you know, begin just reading the text. And so I want to soak in it all week long. Wow. And do you ever have chances to teach or preach when you don't do that? And do you, know, do you notice a difference? Um... <clears throat> Or is this, it so ingrained that you it's just so ingrained? Really? Yeah. Okay. So you, I mean, but there is, that's a great question because there are times where it'll get my, my rhythm will get interrupted. Yeah. And so I don't have the amount of hours that I normally would put in. Right. And I've learned in this, I used to panic at that. I would stress out, but I've learned this little principle is that I'm going to use the time that God gives me as best as I possibly can. And then I'm going to trust him. Right. And a lot of times in those moments, the spirit shows up in a way um, that is really great. And I always tell guys this who, who, experience that for the first time. I, I always say, don't make that your habit. Don't be like, Oh, Hey, I didn't study that much last time. And God's spirit showed up and it was great. So I'm just going to do that all the time because right. you will find that the spirit might not show up. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's, there's times when there's a funeral or there's whatever yeah. there's a crisis. And you could just say, honestly, before the Lord, I, I really think that I, I did the best that I could. Yeah. And could you really just make this, yeah. you know, like the bread and the fish and Jesus, could you multiply this yeah. and could you feed many with this? Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and he does. And, but it's not the same as rewarding laziness, um, or allowing us to put on a show. Um, but yeah, right. he, he blesses what little we have to offer him at times. Yeah. Um, well, a yeah, final thought in, in your message at the expositors, you talked about like the three components that you think a message should have, uh, the milk and the meat and the manna. Yes. Um, and, and I think you did a great job expanding on it, um, at the, at the, in San Diego, but here in New York, any, any new thoughts on the milk and the meat and the manna? Well, 
you know, the, the meat aspect was like the inductive Bible study. Part. Sure. It's the nut, what I call the nuts and bolts, you know, it's the tension. It's looking for those things that you're, that are gonna, um, you know, just kind of make people feel uncomfortable even, um, the milk aspect, and this was the, the the key thing, is that okay? Where does this connect to Christ, and yeah. where's this opportunity? Um, because I really want the my preaching to center around what Jesus has done for us, mm-hmm. and not what we need to do for Him. Okay. Because I feel like a lot of preaching can put people on what I call it. It can get them fall into this mode of a performance based acceptance type of mentality. And I lived in that as a Christian Hmm. for a long time. I was an athlete. And so I loved it when people would give me four things to do. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go and do that. And the thing that was interesting about that was when I was functioning and doing those things, well, I got kind of arrogant, you know, like how come that guy can't pray, you know? And, um, but when I was not doing those things well, and what often happened was I did like three things well and one not well, and I would just live in constant condemnation, mm-hmm. you know, and because the the focus and it wasn't so much, I'll, I'll honestly say that some of the guys I was listening to, it wasn't so much that they were putting this on me, on me but it right. was the way I was reacting to what they were saying. Yeah. So I really just try in my preaching to make Jesus the focal point, the hero and and. and falling back on, Hey, this is what he has done, um, for us. And this is what he can do and wants to do in us. Amen. And so that's, that's the thing, you know, that I, I almost wish I would have had a little more time to go into a little bit more because I think that is crucial and key. And a lot of preaching today doesn't do that. Right. Right. I think in, in, in maybe our circles or the, the the podcasts that we listen to or the authors that we read, it's I listen to authors or I listen to preachers because they do that. And for me, it's oh, this is so good. I I need to hear this. It's so good. And so I have my little um, echo chamber yeah. of, of of preachers and writers who make much of Christ's work. Right. And, but then I kind of forget. Yeah. There's a whole lot of just duties and jobs and and, yeah. and guilt orientation and you know um, what do you call it the performance based acceptance yeah. that's that's very very common oh it is and in our little echo chamber it's not yeah and one of the things that feeds into something I think that is ingrained in our our fleshly nature you know it's why self help Christian books are the best sellers today mm-hmm. because people. They, they like that, yeah. you know, and, uh, but it, it can be such a detriment at the same time. And I wanted to just say, I thought, um, what you did this time, mm-hmm. as opposed to, I think the very first expositors was yeah. even better than, than the, the first one that you did. I think you did it with Charlo, um, at the very first one. First one was with clay as well. Oh, it was okay. yeah. in thousand Oaks, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, it was a different passage though. Yeah. We do a different one each time. Okay. This one I thought was it, cause it was almost like I could, I could, I could have seen you like preaching that like it wasn't, um, incredibly bad, mm. you know, in mm. the sense of like a, a sermon that you would be used to hearing. Yes. It was, you know, it was, it was like, it had some good points and you know, that people could run with, but it, yeah. it didn't have that, that element. But I was sitting there listening going like, Hmm, yes, that's, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> Look up, shut up. I kind of like that, you know, but yeah. it, it, it was missing 
you know? Yes. And I thought that was interesting in what you did because it was like, I think somebody could listen to that and, and be like, Oh, that was, you know, that was all right. You know? Yes. Um, and, but then when Clay got up there and really showed us Jesus in the passage and, and the whole thing on glory, I just thought was incredible. Like that yeah. he pulled that out. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, for reference podcast listener, so he's referencing, I guess the Christ centered preaching thing that I do at the Expositors Collective. And it starts off with me teaching a passage. I did James chapter two, um, about partiality. And then I just talked about how we shouldn't be partial and racism is a sin and just watch your mouth and stop being racist. Yes. Amen. Let's pray. <laughs> and and then as our custom is, then somebody else comes and then teaches the same passage, but in a way that really focuses on 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 Jesus through the same passage. And then in cha- James chapter 2 verse 1, it mentions the the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. My brothers, you know, I, I don't have it in front of me, but like, you know, consider the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ right. and don't show partiality. And then it expands on that lack of partiality for the next nine verses. And Clay focused on that first one, saying how the glory of Jesus causes us to, to, to overlook partiality or to, right. you know, we behold his glory rather than the glory of wealth or privilege. Right. Um, and so if you're if you're like, what's Rob talking about? It's that. And you can listen to episode 40 of the podcast to hear an earlier version of that. And by this time, probably the early one is, is listed out. But I don't know the, the I don't know what number it's going to be. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I have to use caveats. Because yeah. no, I'm not just talking to you. We're talking right. to right. the invisible right. listeners right. of the future. Right. Yeah. Anyway, it was great. It was, it was really, really good. And um, I thought, I just loved how how you guys did that. And, yeah. and so often, and, and I think so many even commentaries that, that we might read, they're focused on, like on, in that passage, just the subject of partiality yeah. and missing the connection. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, what you guys are doing to help people see that, yeah. you know, for me, the guy who really made the biggest impact on my life in that, and he was a mentor to me when I first um, was late in youth ministry. And then when I pastored in Oregon was John Corson. Okay. And he just does a phenomenal job of just bringing Jesus into, you know, every text. Right. And, and that was, that resonated with me. And I found in listening to him way back when he would say things that I was thinking in my mind, mm. but I couldn't articulate. Yeah. And I think that is part of what happens when you start listening or reading and it's part of that process of learning you know how to preach yeah well excellent well rob thank you so much for helping us to to learn how to preach uh you know bit by bit better and better each time with your multicolored notes that are available online (laughs) with your sharing from your own growth and your own process um i really appreciate it and thanks for your time any any final words for our listeners no, just uh, I enjoyed being here. And if you are a, a person who is interested in, you know, being learning how to preach and grow in that that way, uh, I would encourage you to, you know, find the next Expositors Collective. And if you can go to it, to go to it. And also to, I would just say this too, is to just not be too hard on yourself mm. um, because it's the Lord really who is doing the work. And I know that I never, ever, I mean, it's rare that I go into a Sunday 
feeling like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. I'm usually always praying, God, if you don't breathe life into this, this is really going to stink. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I think that's a great place to be in, that place of just humility and brokenness and, and just dependency upon the Lord. Um, and if I could say one more thing. Hey, it's your, your show. <laughs> I'm not a natural good communicator. Um, I, I never was that never. Um, and, and sometimes for people who are that Mm -hmm. I've seen guys who have worked with me, um, I've really had to challenge them to, to study and to mine out the passage and Mm -hmm. to not just rely upon their speaking gifts because what I found with some of them that did that is they tended to say the same thing over and over just a different way. And so I really challenge those young guys who have that gift to be students and to really take the time to grow and to study um, so that there's a depth, greater depth, not that they're adding to their great God-gifted ability to communicate. So that's just one other thing I would throw in there. Okay, so to, to not lean on their own understanding. Yeah. In other ways, or just yeah. yeah, yeah, like oh yeah, I can get up there, tell a joke, read a verse, tell a relatable story, <laughs> and then everyone will cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, excellent. Well, thanks so much, Rob. And uh, thanks, Mike. We appreciate you. Bye. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening, and once again, thanks to Rob for his time. And if you go in the show notes, you'll find a link to his own conversational interview podcast that he hosts, as well as his Bible teaching, as well as links to those multicolored notes that we were talking about in the message. And also one last link is gonna be in the show notes, uh, the message that he gave at the Expositors Collective in San Diego, uh, which we called the milk, the meat and the manna. Um, Really good, really worth listening to. All those links will be in the show notes. I hope that this episode and all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and your public proclamation of God's word. All right, God bless you. We have a bonus episode coming out in a few days. I interview my friend, Dr. Ian Clary, and we speak about learning from the Puritans. So I will see you. Well, (laughs) you'll hear from me in a few days and then once again next Tuesday for our regular episodes. All right. God bless you. Bye.